is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Abby O'Brien, we dive even deeper into leadership, trust, listening, her relationship with money, and creating, just creating. So I hope you enjoy part two with Abby O'Brien. Through this time, especially with COVID and everything going on, have there been any changes you've made in your life personally that have increased positivity and decreased negativity? Yeah, I think um, that's a great and interesting question because I can approach it from two ways, like my personal life of just really just trying to um, find the things that make me happy in such a hectic schedule. Hmm. Um, and, you know, what we do is stressful. It, can't, it can be stressful when there's so much pressure to open a show and, um, but um, finding the things that make you happy and making them a priority on your days off or even squeezing them in through your hectic schedule that day. I think COVID really taught us a lot about um, what does make us happy and what projects as well are going to make us happy. Mm. And I think that became very clear to me over COVID. And I have been lucky enough right now to be able to do the things that I'm excited about. Mm. Um, when it comes to like, when it comes to like work, I think I've also like taking on this new role as a creative leader Um it's really been important to me to find um, the best way to lead. Mm. And um, that's going to make me the happiest as a leader and make the people I'm working with the happiest. So I have found it very important to kind of dive, dive into leadership and, um, you know, bettering those skills and tools and doing my research and doing my work in that area. Daring Greatly is one of the best books, Brene Brown, for that, if you want to be a great leader in any capacity. I use that as my like my my leadership Bible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The you know, with leadership comes confidence. You must have it so people trust you. But yet we all have self-doubt. <laughs> I'm curious, are there any uh, self-talk or is there any thought process that gets you through self-doubt when or if it comes up? Um, hmm. Interesting. Um, I think I, I think I just, when there is self doubt, I think I try to channel it back into what I'm good at. Hmm. And that even if it's an area of weakness that I'm not great at, and that is when my self-doubt comes in, I have to remind myself that I have something else that's really strong and I can offer X, Y, and Z. This other area I'll probably grow in and get better and I have to listen and be patient, but I have to remind myself of the other things that I can offer. Mm. You brought up a good point a, a, a moment ago about picking pieces <laughs> that are, you know, speak to you, that increase positivity. I'm curious how your taste has evolved or gut instinct on deciding what to work on or what speaks to you loudly. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I, um, I feel like I'm pretty like diverse in the sense of what I like. Um, but what's really important to me is a smart story and that can look like anything that can look like, and a story that is going to have enough depth 
to affect the audience. Mm. And again, that could look like anything that that could look like, um, you know, spam a lot, right? Something fun and, and outlandish and all these things, but the audience gets to come in and sit back and enjoy in an entertainment level and go on a journey with people mm-hmm. in a very fun, clever way. Or it could be something like Jagged Little Pill, where it's really kind of opening your eyes to major hot topics that are happening in our world and in America right now. Um, So it looks like many different things, but as long as I feel a deep connection to the story itself, Mm. and even if it's not, I have to do my work to pull it out and to make sense of it. And that's when I get excited. Yeah, there's, you know, your your life path at what I've witnessed in my short amount of time <laughs> knowing you is so varied and fascinating. And you seem to constantly be on the move working as in, you know, right now we're talking, I'm in New York, you're in Denver. How, what are you, how are you taking care of yourself when you are giving so much of yourself <laughs> to the art? Well, uh, yes, that, um, I think. I love giving, like I I thrive off of giving all that I can in the art. So that feels really good to me. Um, It's like right now, you know, I have this, I'm the resident director of Moulin Rouge and I'm working on that right now. And this is a new job. So, um, you know, I'm learning new skills right now. As long as I'm always like learning I feel like I'm taking care of myself. I love challenging myself to say, I've never done this before. What's this going to look like? What? What? I have to do Google Docs? What the heck is that? It's like it's like little things that I continue to learn um, and grow. And that that I feel like takes care of myself. With this, yeah, with this theme, I don't know if you view it this way, but I, I am curious how you balance achievement versus fulfillment in your life. Hmm. I'm curious about that too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's complicated as an artist, what achievement looks like and what that means. Um, because we are told this isn't, this is, you are, you're always starting at square one the minute a show closes. So it, it's really hard to remind yourself of your achievements. Um, you know, I think about myself sometimes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah, sure, sure, sure. My career is great. Yeah, great, great. But actually when I really take the time to think about it and really take the time to think about me moving to New York City when I was 19 years old, getting my first Broadway show, all these things, like it's pretty freaking awesome. But I, I think as artists, we don't take that time enough to really process what we've done and what we've achieved. Um, and that's part of the culture of the business. Um, but I would recommend for people to really take those moments to really take in what you've done and to not push it aside because other people have achieved much more than you or, or, you know, I don't know. I just think taking the time to really reflect is helps. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the, with the themes of, um, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, I'm curious, do you have other most gifted books or favorite books? I have, yes, I, I, I have a, I, yes, I have, I have a, a ton of great books, especially when it comes to leadership, um, and, or like autobiographies, um, 
that's kind of, and finances. I love reading books on finances, but when it comes to those three areas, because again, all three of those areas are again about learning and like learning, even with the autobiographies, who these people are, what they've achieved, what they haven't, their life lessons, how that affects you, all these things. And then on top of it, you sit there, if you're a creative person like I am, I start thinking, huh, I wonder if we can make a show out of this, you know? And like, it just like, it always is just like adding and adding and adding to your arsenal of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, uh, you know, I've been hearing and I started this questioning thing about like right before the pandemic and the pandemic made us question a lot of things, which had me introduce this question of are there any common pieces of incorrect advice that you hear within the theater industry or within life? Um, that's a really hard one for me to answer. Um, incorrect um incorrect hmm. sorry i'm not prepared for this no i mean i incorrect information it's you know it's there's so many things like the show must go on i don't know how true that is you know depending on if it's going to cost someone their life or the if you can do anything else you should do it kind of thing within theater it's like i don't I think it's good to be a well-rounded human. I think that brings a lot to the art form. But there's these kind of like things that I've heard that it's it's just had me question it all. Yeah, I think there is, I mean, this is just a random thought, but there is a sense of um, this glamorous lifestyle when you think of being on Broadway and starring in this and getting this TV show and, choreographing this or directing that. And, um, and, you know, I'm sure people do warn people of how hard it is, Mm -hmm. but, um, the glamorous part of it, that the stuff that you see and pretend like the career is going to be, it's not that. (laughs) So I think, I think, and it's also like this false idea of finance when it comes to theater and, um, that that's not real. And I think um, one thing I wish, you know, schools did better at is really teaching artists more about finances and money and the reality of living in New York City, what that looks like, how to do X, Y, and Z with your, your, your money. Mm-hmm. Um, because it sounds like you're making X, Y, and Z in a Broadway show of an ensemble. Sounds like a lot of money if you're coming from Marietta, Georgia. But the truth is, you're living in a, in a tiny little apartment that costs more than that. So, you know, it's, it's those little things that the glamour of what it looks like from the outside isn't necessarily what's happening on the inside. This is a total left fielder question. I'm just so curious with all of this finance and talk and conversations and the books you've read, is there anything you could speak on in terms of your relationship to money changing or evolving any thoughts yeah it's a it's a great question because i love talking about money now because i'm so obsessed with like you know learning more about it because i was never taught anything on it and we all keep money quiet right it's all like a very private conversation um which is unfortunate but i think um especially when you're young you know you and i both 
um, you know, you, you worked for Disney, right? Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, you worked for Disney. And when I was a young person, like the first job I got, which was amazing was Disney cruise line and they give you access to a 401k. And, and that was the first time I had ever heard that word. And what is that? And then they also offered you stock options in the company. And I was like, huh, well, sure. I guess I'll do it. Thank God I made that choice. Um, but nobody had explained to me what that is or what I should buy or how much or any of those things, but I just made a choice. Um, and then, you know, kind of after that, you know, the union provides um, options for you as well. But again, you, you, they don't give you education or knowledge on it. Hmm. You just trust it. And um, I would just say, really do your best at doing your own work and investigation and start investing young, like whatever that means to you. Start investing young. Stocks, 401k, really use, take advantage of your 401ks, really take advantage of the money you're making when you're young, because mm. you feel like you're always going to have it. It's not true. Mm-hmm. And if you have it, then start investing it because it, it really does make a difference. Yeah, it's, it so does. I remember when I was with Disney, I opened an IRA and I, I, yeah. I, I stopped, I want to say I stopped at like, I don't know, like 2000 bucks or something. And it is more than quadrupled on its own just yeah. because it's an investment. That's what an investment is. And it, yep. it's, okay. it's the long game. You know, when you turn yep. 65, 70, you know, you want to have something to live on. Especially as artists, because we we don't really do a W-2. We do half our career and the other half we do a 1099. So like it, it is, you know, a tricky thing to navigate. Um, but do your research, invest your money. Yeah. I, you know what? You might have just answered the next question, <laughs> but I'm curious. Metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Yes, I would say, um, even though I, you know, I technically you're hearing me say, you know, invest your money, (laughs) which, which is true. But I think um, something that I've always felt um, connected to is this phrase that I think was Joseph Campbell, a quote by him that says, the privilege of a lifetime is being you. Mm. And and it's, it's so simple. The privilege of a lifetime is being you. And that that is heavy and simple at the same time. And um, I love that quote. So that's so that's so true. The, mm-hmm. the truer you are to yourself, it's mm-hmm. it all works out. It works out mm-hmm. in a great way. This conversation yeah. has been so special. Thank you for taking the time, Abby. Before yes, we, thank you. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add today? Uh, no, just, you know, that this, this idea for, for, for your listeners and stuff like that is like, create, just create in whatever capacity you have, whatever that looks like, whatever title that is, whatever, you know, avenue that is creating is such a release and such an awesome way to explore who you are and to give back. Um, so create people of the world, Abby O'Brien. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.